0: Welcome back to Old Taku Radio. This is season five, and we're on episode 48. Somehow, we've made it that far. Congratulations, 49. us. Oh, shit. The notes are wrong. Oops. It says 48. I did, not, I did not change that. You were just trying not to that. see if I was paying attention, which, you, as you well yeah. know, I, I, I'm not. So, <laughs> episode 49. Uh, where we are talking about uh, Le Portrait de Petite Cosette. And I can't speak French, so I apologize to all our Francophile or Francophone uh, listeners for the butchery of of that title. But uh, it's The Portrait of Petite Cosette, is is what we're reviewing today. And uh, as always, I am joined by my own little petite portrait of a person and a co-host who I I adore very much. His name is Ink. Say hi, Ink.
1: Hello. Ink,
0: <laughs> and uh, yeah, so this is a uh, this is kind of our our, our spooky season episode. Um, you'll find out why in a second because Ink is going to summarize this far better than I could. Take it away, Ink.
1: That's because I had to sit down and actually ask myself what the hell this was about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, normally we'd save questions for the end of the show, but uh, one in particular was so good and so pertinent to our uh, forthcoming discussion that I'd rather incorporate it into this here intro. So, as asked by Panino Omoso, at at sign Panino Desu, and I'm sure probably a lot of other people have watched this title, I have just one question. What the fuck was going on? So, here's me trying to sum it up. There's a ghost of a little girl who was murdered at the hand of her fiancé, condemned by fate to relive her life in a piece of really resilient stemware. One day, some 250 years later, her transparent home finds its way to an antique shop where the proprietor's nephew and employee, an aspiring artist named Eiri Kurahashi, sees and becomes likewise infatuated with that girl, Cosette d'Auvergne. There's just one hitch in the supernatural ship, however. To be able to love her, Cosette makes Erie commit to a blood pact whereby he must suffer penance for Cosette's murderer's actions that are collected and held as a grudge by the spirits of all the transplanted antiques that witnessed the crime of Marcelo Orlando's artistic passion. The OVA presents the main plot as a test of devotion, as Erie must repeatedly withstand the pain of bursting into a waterfall of blood after being ripped apart in order to be loved back by Cosette. But how much more can area stand physically and mentally? And is the spirit really what it says
0: it is? And that is probably the most coherent description of of this plot that I've ever heard. It took me so long to write that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 pretty. Uh, it's 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 not a very straightforward film, which uh, will make sense in a moment when we talk about the staff. But um, yeah, what Ink said. That's basically it and um what a wild ride this is it's actually 3 OVAs uh and these are circa like early 2000s or late 90s the the cg work in there definitely screams early 2000s to me
1: of course i did not put that in the notes let me actually look up where where uh
0: yeah i'm looking on my anime list right now which forgive me that is unclean of me Ooh. i know and, and and of course can't find what I'm looking for because it's my anime list. Yeah, there's an easier way to do it.
1: Yeah, it's called Anime News Network. You know,
0: uh, that one, or just Google Petite Cosette. <laughs> <laughs> that too,
1: 2005.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that 2005 feels about right. Um, so, yeah, um, that the, the from what I saw of the CG, that sorry, 2004. 2004. Yeah. Super feels appropriate. So, um, yeah, uh, this is what a trippy, what a trippy piece this is. And it's, it's very much, uh, in the style of, of its director, who is the, the great Akiyuki Shimbo or Simbo, as we apparently have now started calling him in discord. Um, all of the lands, uh, are his as far as the light reaches. If you are at all familiar with Shin- Shinbo, uh, Madoka Magica, March comes in like a lion. Moon phase. Oh yeah. Arakawa under the bridge too. And others.
1: <laughs> this... dance in the Like if, if you like the, the style and the focus of these, this movie, you're going to want to check out moon phase and dance in the vampire bund. But, uh. For more more of his uh, artistic direction, like I'd check out Arakawa under the bridge and Mar- March comes in like a lion. Mm. Um, those are definitely more coherent stories. But uh, for something similar in visually visually reconciling uh, sort of two very different uh, worlds, check out Madoka Magica because uh, he does a fantastic job with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Moon Phase actually, I would actually recommend Moon Phase because it has a really weird second half that's actually really dark and kind of melds
0: those two worlds well. Interesting. Yeah, I've not seen Moon Phase. There's there's several Shinbo that I have not seen, but March comes in like a lion for sure. And Arakawa Under the Bridge, both are are shows I really liked and are very Shinbo. (laughs) Mm. There's like, he's got like a whole, his style is so... Like there's there's no mistaking it when you when you see it when you know what you're looking at like there's no mistaking it uh, and this this uh, OVA series very much in line with that aesthetic with the the visual presentation of things uh, the way that art is used to and visuals are used to really advance the story and and really convey several layers of emotion uh, you know, lots of symbolism lots of imagery that. Um, you evoke certain moods, and that's I guess emblematic. Uh, maybe, maybe right word of what Shinbo does. Um, Char- characteristic. Yeah, that's a better word. That's why you're an editor. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, emblematic's not wrong. Yeah, yeah but characteristic is definitely a second draft version of what I just said. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so this is a, this is a really interesting, a really interesting visual journey. Was this your first watch? Uh, Of Petit Cosette? Yes, it was. Uh, I had not, I had heard of it for a long time, uh, had not really, had not really seen it. Um, You know, I'm not sure when it made it here originally, Um, but this was a, a, a new experience for me to see him cuz i haven't really watched any of his of his dark lowly stuff you know <laughs> i've seen mm. um the two biggest things i've seen are march comes in like a lion and Arakawa under the bridge which i love both of those um but uh there's plenty of things of his i have not seen
1: what was your what was your original take was it was it hard to follow cuz i i most of the people who talk about this kind of say it's a, a, a kind of a mess presentationally
0: uh, you know, I, I am usually sort of a simple, give me a plot with like character motivation and direction kind of guy. Um, but this, I didn't feel lost watching it. I, part of it is I knew what I was getting into when I was signing up to watch a, a Shinbo <laughs> film, uh, or, or a OVA series. I feel like this would have been mo- more coherent as a super cut like movie. Um, but I never really felt lost because I was never looking for a coherent presentation, Uh, you know, and right away, I think he tries to tell you right away that this is not a, this is not a story where you have, you know, it has linear movement, but it's, it's not a story where you're, you're really, where the characterization is really what you're, you're keying in on. It's, it's much more about the mood and it's much more about the Looking at what he's trying to evoke with the different symbolism that he beats you over the head with, with like the the, the <laughs> martyrdom stuff and the, the skulls and the
1: you know the chains and
0: the-, and the chains and like I mean my 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 God it's not subtle um it's it's I mean he's hitting you in the face with the baseball bat of, of of symbolism but um yeah so for me it wasn't that tough but I mean I could see like if you're if you're expecting you know gothic <laughs> or something like that you know uh, <laughs> that this is not this is not the goth lowly thing for you. Uh, if you want something kind of more straightforward
1: no, and that's partially because when this, uh, when this OAV was conceived, uh, he was, the director was thinking of something more fantasy oriented. Uh, and if you're lucky enough to track one of the discs down for this, uh, OAV series or cursed enough to track the OAV <laughs> discs down for the series, there's a, a pretty great, uh, interview with uh, a few of the cast members and, uh, he started with a fantasy story, and then as, it, as things started to progress, he realized this was more of a, a gothic romance that he wanted to pursue. So that, that's sort of why everything went the way it did. And it does, it does a really good job of combining the, the goth Loli or the goth, gothic Lolita uh, street fashion in Japan with uh, actual literary influenced gothic uh, romance novel plot. Mm
0: hmm. Yeah, this feels very much like it has that big Mary Shelley, Bram Stoker energy to it. That that late, you know, that that late 1900s or not 1900s, Jesus. Late 1800s sort of, you know, gothic period literary energy. It really has it really has that low-key kind of sense of doom, this malaise, kind of a creeping sense of of dread really escalates through the story uh, and only intensifies the, the further you get into the three OVAs. So yeah, I feel like it does that really effectively, actually.
1: Yeah, and like you had said, the uh, how, how you j- didn't really need to pay attention to plot is something I really recognized the se- second time around because I was watching it and I was getting confused with some of the ancillary characters because they just looked so similar. I couldn't tell them apart for the most part. And um, they really don't have that much to do with the plot. No. And really what this movie is about is to just, like you said, sinking into the tone and the mood. And my God, is that set beautifully. It really um, is. Like, I, I just love the shapes and the angles and the colors and everything. Is, is so gorgeous. And there's more than one moment when characters are on the screen, but they're really diminutive, like in, in this uh, scale of their surroundings and you're you find yourself or your eyes are more drawn to their shadows on the wall that are doing Mm. all the acting and i love that about this but uh it is if you're just trying to make sense of it plot wise it's kind of better to take a step back and just let yourself be in the movie
0: yeah no absolutely it's so atmospheric that you know if you if you're really trying to 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 focus on what the characters are doing, you're going to actually miss a lot of the storytelling. Um, and I have a, I have kind of an interesting take that just occurred to me about this. When you mentioned the characters and they don't do a whole lot, the supporting characters don't do a whole lot. And that's, that's kind of true. Um, this is very if like for your, for, for my classic horror fans, uh, if you've read Dracula, if you kind of take the main character from this anime and think of him as Lucy Westerna, slowly losing herself and becoming one of the thralls of of Dracula.
1: Ooh, good point.
0: This is kind of and and Dracula obviously is Cosette, and you know all of the 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 females in uh, AoD's life are basically the 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 cast of men who love Lucy trying to save her from the the grip of of the count uh, it's it's very much that same kind of story like really uh, it's just told in a very atmospheric very uh, symbolic kind of way
1: I was going to say very anime way <laughs>
0: <laughs> that too conveniently
1: but, but uh, no there was. Uh... One of the things I liked speaking to the withering aspect of the, the main character is something they don't, they is that they don't really point out this, this is definitely a movie that does not hand feed you things. Um, there, there's, you know, of course the blood pact and the reason behind everything. And that's kind of spoon fed to you at a couple points. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise like here is withering away. It's, it's a, it's a comment tossed, Around by a couple of the characters, but really you see it happen before they comment on it, and the very nature of his uh, penance—the you know him getting constantly crucified and torn open and having his uh, the evil literally ripped out of him—accounts uh, for his emaciation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love, I kind of love that interworld relationship with the physical and the mental and the spiritual. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just thought that was handled. Really damned well, something I wasn't expecting.
0: <laughs> no, it, it, I completely agree with you. And one of the one of the scenes that st- struck me, and I just loved it, was when the the, the female love interest, the mortal female love interest of Eiri, um, who is so memorable that I cannot remember her name. Um, the one who's constantly
1: in the antique shop and hates God. every
0: other girl that comes near area. Yeah, she's she's got that big Sundari energy. That girl, um, you know, they they go out for a night on the town to kind of lift her spirits, and you're seeing this conversation, this very mundane conversation between these four women unfold, but you're seeing it in the backdrop of sort of the spirit world that Cosette and increasingly Aria's psyche inhabit. And so this it's this really surreal moment where they're having this, you know, com- conversation about oh I'm gonna go to the convenience store and like oh but I already have beer and you know but but the backdrop is this dark red backdrop with the and, and they're just shadows talking to each other and there's there's all the the bleak imagery around them uh, that we see Aerie uh, navigating um, as Cosette continues to torture him and it's just man that was just a. Freaking great scene! I loved it so much, uh, and it's it's one of just those perfect, perfect, perfect scenes in this in this in this OVA to deliver the kind of energy and the kind of mood that Shimbo wants to deliver to you. Um, is it? Got is to... it? Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I don't know. I was gonna say like I, I say perfect. I don't want to say like it's a perfect piece of anime. No, but it. I think it really it does the job that Shimbo wants it to do. As good as anything in in the whole in the whole three episode series, and and yeah, I just love that that scene.
1: That's a good point, uh, and I think what's so jarring about this is a combination of those two factors. Like, no, it's not definitely not a perfect piece of anime, but it it tries to do a lot, and it by bouncing around basically three kind of aspects. You have the uh, spiritual world of that bloodletting. You have the mundane world of the antique shop and everybody who exists in that world. and then you have that sort of shared plane of coexistence where the supernatural and the mortal are meeting uh, and how everything kind of bleeds together, that's the the, the best thing about the show and the worst thing because by you know shifting between those three can get rather jarring but, more often than not, I think that it really melds them well. But when it doesn't, that's when you really get brought out and sort of like jarred and go, where the hell am I? What is, <laughs> who is this now?
0: Yeah, yeah. And it, you know, there there, there were definitely parts of, especially episode two uh, and and some parts of episode three where I really had to take a step back and go, I'm not a hundred percent sure I got what they intended there, but I got something, (laughs) (laughs) you know, um, the, the way that the, the, the exorcism in, or the attempted exorcism in episode two happens kind of suddenly and randomly. Like it's almost, it almost feels like a smash cut to the, the exorcist lady and Eiri, Walking around her temple that she tends to, because apparently that's what exorcists do, and um, there's this clock, which you know, sort of. Oh God, so Cosette, Cosette, it it basically possesses this piece of Venetian glass that's a Venetian glassware that's got kind of a rainbow hue to it. It's really pretty, but all of the all of the objects that were present when she was murdered kind of have an, 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 an animus towards Aity because he is apparently the reincarnation of the person who murdered Cosette. And so a fundamental principle of the spirituality of of this whole thing, which is more of a I believe more of an Eastern tradition than a Western uh, funnily enough, mm. is is the idea that objects have souls and so you know all of these objects have souls and all of these things are, Unquiet because of the murder um, of of Cosette by her um, her her artist fiance fiance guy um, Marcello. So the 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 clock that the exorcist somehow picks up and like sneaks over to her her exorcist garden. It's there, and then there's this whole exorcism scene, and that was probably to me. One of the most egregious points where I was just like, "Wow, man, okay," <laughs> like, <laughs> <just> <laughs> like,
1: had had it been established that maybe that was on the grounds in the Kazet household, and it, like, the, the antique dealership donated it to a temple or a park or wherever the hell that place was, like, okay, then you know that might have been called for, but yeah, yeah. it just stuck out like a sore thumb there.
0: He just really wanted to do a scene with with gears. And and like tubings of, of of clockwork and and he just I guess he really wanted that to happen so he just he made it happen and and like most things in this viewing I just went ah, okay bro yeah yeah I'm good let's let's <laughs> let's see what happens
1: <laughs> yeah because the imagery is fun to watch I oh mean, yeah
0: yeah that
1: uh, like I kept expecting the same scene over and over again what I really like about this is they don't do the animation uh saving tactic of repeating everything uh mm-hmm. over and over. All the bloodletting, all the repentance uh scenes are uh
0: different and but still kind of along the exact same lines. Um mm-hmm. uh, and, and I would even go so far as to say they are the set pieces of each episode.
1: Probably. Yeah. Uh that and the antique shop. I love like almost everything in the antique shop is never taken from the same viewpoint twice. Yeah. Uh, that's that's and, true yeah that, that just gives the a more real world feeling to that setting but there are a an abundance of uses or reuses of animation considering Cosette, there's a especially in the sort of the portrait mode i'll call it mm. where she's very visibly an automated uh animated portrait and her turning to the camera at certain angles is reused a few times and that gets kind of annoying because it's like oh well you know that's the main point of this whole thing is she was always, although I guess the case is the painter, why he murdered Cosette was wanted to keep her young, thus she couldn't age. So, you know, it makes sense that they would reuse stuff, but you know, she was alive for a lot of times that would have (laughs) allowed for a lot of takes on painting.
0: Could, could we have seen more alive Cosette in more venues? Yeah. 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 That that's a fair point. Um, but I, I, I totally dig your point about the antique shop. Um, it's it's one of those subtle things that, you know, I didn't pick up on as I was watching it, but like thinking about it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's true. Um, I love the fact we always encounter that in a different angle, in a different perspective every time. It makes that antique shop feel, even though it's a physical place, it makes it feel about as otherworldly as the... the the spirit realm or the the inner psyche of Eiri, whichever you want to kind of interpret the the spiritual imagery as it really makes it feel like it's the connecting point between the mundane and the spiritual world because it it has elements of both mm. and that that constantly changing and shifting perspective even when they're not doing anything overtly supernatural helps give it that kind of ephemeral quality and I, that's just so good
1: so one of the things i personally like about this as a, a, a scary not a scary movie because it's not really scary um it's 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 moody and what i really value this ghost story for is its incorporation of melancholy or sadness um even though it it the melancholy is turned into rage towards the end and rightfully so uh and maybe confusingly so, but uh, I find one of the best aspects of horror is sorrow, because that really tends to just dig into the human psyche, and that's actually uh, what a lot of the people involved in this project were uh, aiming for, uh, from the music uh, composer to the scriptwriter and the director, uh, all just sort of delve down this rabbit hole, And, and as they worked on it more and more, they just sort of saw why this was so sad and that sadness really helps uh bolster the story
0: absolutely i mean the mood of the mood of this series is the best thing about it and and they do it perfectly like it you know it really feels like i was i I had the same sort of feeling of transportation that i do you know i haven't i haven't this i haven't this october but frequently i find myself reading either uh, Frankenstein or Dracula in October because I'm, nice. I'm that guy um, but I've really felt myself transported in the same kind of way by all, all of the different things that they did in aggregate the the choices of music the the visual presentation um, the the really you know one might call it disjointed presentation of of, of, of the story itself kind of leaves you feeling like a supernatural experience. Like, yeah, what did I just watch? But like, you know, like that's what an encounter with a ghost should feel like. It shouldn't feel like this thing that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, it should, it should leave you kind of like, well, that was real confusing. Like, and because we can't fundamentally understand the world of the spirit is one of like the cardinal rules of ghost stories. So, um, yeah. I, I like that a lot. I, I mean, I, I just, I feel like they, That mood and that that atmosphere does so much work. That to me, it's like it's worth watching this just for that. Like like even if it's background to something you're doing, like if you're like making your pumpkin or you're doing other spooky season activities, this is a great thing to have on. Did you watch the dub or the sub? I watched the sub.
1: Okay, me too. I don't think I've seen the dub or maybe my maybe my first time I watched the dub cuz this is something I actually watched early on in my anime watching uh mm-hmm. career <laughs> uh, but uh, uh watching it a second time was kind of weird because I I was looking at it definitely from a more critical perspective and I found myself uh drawn out of it more than drawn in <laughs> and I was like, man, I remember loving the shit out of this when I first saw it, but uh, the, this time I was uh, definitely a little more metered, and uh, I, I, like we've mentioned before, I can definitely let my I can see the value of getting absorbed by it, but man, if you if you want to tear it apart, you got material. Oh yeah,
0: but no, absolutely, and you know I, I definitely think there's um, you know how me only having watched it for the first time I. You know, I I leaned into it pretty hard trying to get my critical kind of focus in there early. And then when I kind of saw what they were doing, I'm like, yeah, my normal my normal way of looking at things isn't going to work here. So (laughs) I just I I put some remove between myself and and the piece. And I I think that actually really helped me pick up on some things. Uh, But yeah, man, like, wow, there's there's so much. It almost feels like there's there's points where uh, Shinbo just really wants to get to those big set pieces where we're really exploring martyrdom and torture and 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 the and the, the chains of, of being bound by a curse and and he really just kinda wants to hand wave past like that pesky, like I gotta advance the plot, uh oh, crap, you know <laughs> kind of stuff. <laughs> um it re- Yeah it's definitely No 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 Sorry, no go, go ahead. ahead.
1: It definitely sort of wanted to be an art house piece. And uh, he, he the director actually drew all the storyboards for all the episodes. So uh, it's his own pacing to blame for that uh, sort of rush to get to the set pieces that you mentioned.
0: Yeah, you can see so much. I, I I don't feel like I could see as much of it in Arakawa Under the Bridge. But man, I could definitely see some of the, the March comes in like a lion kind of, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an exploration of a different type of, of atmosphere and, and energy, but the, the head turns and like the, the shinbo head turn, that's like a, that's like a famous thing. And then the, hmm. the, the way that, that, you know, characters will have a little bit of dialogue and then hard cut to some kind of imagery that's evocative mm-hmm. of the underlying mood, boy, right out of the, right out of the shimbo playbook man there it was um so yeah i mean it was i i feel like it was it was a fun watch i i would not go out of my way to watch it again but i probably will just like i advise people to do as i'm doing spooky season things uh you know whatever we can do in in these hell times to uh to to have fun this halloween um i will probably put that on again at some point and just have its background noise um because that atmosphere, you know, I'll occasionally look up and see. I might pay a little bit more attention when the the big set pieces come back up. But, you know, I wouldn't be actively diving after this one again.
1: Yeah, those, those big set pieces can be a bit annoying, too, when you uh, watch them a second time. It's just like, man, this is just sort of everything thrown out of left field and uh, just, just for the shit's sake. <laughs> <laughs> and like, like, okay, we get like the... the, the um Shit. Uh, we get the crucifixion mm-hmm. imagery, and you know, blah blah blah, monsters and whatever surrounding elements uh, happen to visually uh, inspire the torture. But uh, yeah, it's it's just they. It just it's out of nowhere, and it feels so. Fo- <laughs> I like the otherworldliness of it, but it's it's kind of annoying, honestly. Yeah. After a while, the if you look at Madoka, the. The way they use that other world with the witches is much more uh, streamlined and integrated. Uh, this, it's really wonderful. Here it's just this really jarring thing and it may be made to be that way, but kind of kind of was a negative thing on my second viewing.
0: Yeah, I mean even even watching it for the first time, the repetitive nature of some of the the imagery we're seeing was getting a bit tiresome. Um, You know, by the third Mm. episode, oh, more chains. Yeah, we get it. Like, (laughs) like, I would have loved to have seen different expressions of, of symbolic imagery that evoked that same message of, of, of being, you know, enslaved or servitude or being, you know, captured by the curse, um, you know, because to me, that's the one that rings out the most in my brain. There's obviously all the crucifixion stuff, which Lord help us, um, <laughs> you know, but but I, I'm with you. Like they, they definitely it gets it does get tiring seeing the same imagery, even if we have slightly different ways we're being presented that, you know, the, the first the first episode, we, we really see this real monstrous sort of transformation of Aori. Of that's you know really kind of in his mind, in his psyche, not really actually happening. Um, then we have the clock thing in the second episode, and then we have the the paintings thing in the third episode. And and but like even though you have those different those different setups, you still have a lot of the same imagery come to the fore. You know we have a big fountain spurt of blood coming out of Ares' chest like every every episode, which. I guess it's kind of evocative of the mortal wound that Cosette suffered because we see that same when Ari is forced to witness her murder over and over. Yeah. We see that, that same kind of, of stab wound. We don't see, I don't think we see a fountain of blood um, come out of it, but um, yeah, we do, nah. we, we do see a tie there, but like, man, it gets tiring. Like you said,
1: that's weird because this is this set of OVAs is uh, almost two hours long, right? It's like an hour forty yeah. something. And uh, it it definitely has some material that can be cut that could make it shorter uh without losing any of its incoherency. <laughs> yeah, I think you could make this like a uh, ninety
0: minute or maybe 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 a little bit longer, but but hopefully not. Um I think you could make this a ninety minute cut of like all of it in in 190 minute cut and it still won't like you said it still won't make a lot of sense but i think it would i think it'd be a little bit tighter you know for for all the for yeah, all what tightness would give this thing i'm not sure <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it wouldn't drag as much in in the few places it does cuz it it like i i honestly like the slower pacing of say the antique shop where it's just You know, Irie becoming infatuated with Cosette and sort of uh, giving in to his own indulgence of needing to draw her as uh, Marcello needed to draw her. And, you know, that draws a nice parallel between him and her, uh, him Mm. and him. Uh, But uh, the, it draws a nice parallel. (laughs)
0: Um. I was trying, I was trying (laughs) so hard to let it go. Just let it slip by. But thanks for saving it. Thanks for saving
1: it. You're welcome. You're welcome. But yeah, in essence, it just goes on. It's a little too long in the tooth. But one of the things I really did love was that, um, and I had always remembered, and it was funny because I remembered a little with a little more antagonism, uh, was the final Irie versus the painting scene, which, uh, you know, it turns out the ghost that had been uh, calling to Irie and to take on all this uh, bloodletting is not actually Cosette. Cosette actually passed on a while ago. It's just this... Spirit of the glass pretending to be Cosette. and I thought that was you know really unnecessarily murky, uh, kind of devious, if you want to view it that way, but it was just kind of an. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so I- it ends up being Ierie uh, versus these paintings, which I always remembered that that whole scene very differently. I imagine it was Ierie in a room full of full, like shuck full of paintings done in blood and it turns out it was just like one or two. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, man, I would have I would have, I would have drawn that scene a little different.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was a bit confused on that that twist too because the way that I interpreted it was you had kind of two cosettes because the again, like if even if you even have a cosette, right? Because the the premise is uh, you have know, the supernatural premise at work is objects have spirits. And the glass cosette um, seems to have this moment where she realizes what she's done to Eity. And in her own kind of release of her bondage, of her own curse, uh, you know, as she passes on, she kind of admits this regret at ca- having caused him so much sorrow to get what she needed. A- and then I was kind of mm. like, well, That happened really early in the third episode. What what the hell? But like at the end of the (laughs) second episode, you get this kind of suggestion that the the painting, one of the paintings of Cosette, is actually sentient. Also, and then we really spend the third episode with a lot of the painting Cosette, as opposed to the glass Cosette, trying to manipulate Eury into uh, loving her instead of the the quote-unquote good cosette that was in the glass. So, yeah, doesn't make a lot of sense, but here we are.
1: No, I think you're you're closer to the uh, actual intention, uh, you know, or actual plot of it.
0: Such as it is. Such as it is. Um, (laughs) This is, I think, one thing we really haven't explicitly covered that we should mention, as we're both noted experts in the subject, is that this is really... A, a celebration of, of uh, gothic Lolita fashion too this this piece there's lots of different looks in here um, you know that can kind of run a, a wide range of styles and and that's you know a lot of people are are you know if you're if you're in the weeb world you' you're, you're at, on some level familiar with with goth lowly, um aesthetics and um, you know this was, this was around a time where that was really popular, uh, in Japan. Mm. Um, so, so I guess that makes sense. Um, but, but yeah, a lot, a lot of attention, a lot of lavish attention spent on the different dresses that Cosette wears in all of her different carnations throughout the, the series.
1: And if you're unfamiliar with, uh, Gothic Lolita, Uh, Goth Loli or Gothic and Lolita as it's uh, referred to Uh, there's a person and I'm not sure if this is their real name because it's really cool or if it's pen name uh, Kassah Hell probably pronounced very differently than that uh, noted the fashion trend as one where young people dress in quote amazingly elaborate gothic looking baby doll costumes French maid meets Alice in Wonderland yeah that's pretty on the nose yeah and, and that, that style actually does take influence from what Gothic actually started as, which was uh, a, a term for elaborate architecture with a lot of intricate detail. And uh, as reflected in the series, not only through dress, but you also get like a lot of stained glass imagery and narrow spires, intricate details and uh, ornamental uh, stuff all around. So when you're watching this, look out for a lot of the details because they, it all drives inspiration from that uh, period, which originated in France, thus, you know, why you have a main character who's
0: Cosette d'Averne. Yeah, I was surprised how much, how deeply they dove into that aesthetic, both in, in terms of the sort of literary influences that they certainly drew upon to stri- to strike that atmosphere, the, the architectural influences and of course the, the, the fashion influences as well.
1: Mm. The screenwriter in the, uh, in the interview on the DVD, uh, Mayori Sekijima, who also did screenwriting for Tenchi Muyo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, said he was specifically going for a classic literature feel. And in not in the same breath, but in the same uh, portion of that interview, he, had, he actually had a really great quote that I love. Uh, it was, We, the people who can't draw, have third-class animators and third-class directors residing in our own heads.
0: Could you imagine trying to screenwrite for Shinbo? No. <laughs> <laughs> that must be I'd imagine... the most frustrating thing on God's earth to do.
1: I'd, I'd imagine it, like, Equating it to uh, trying to write lyrics for this 30 minute psychedelic (laughs) rock piece that really doesn't vary that much.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that's, I think you nailed it. That's exactly, that's exactly what that must feel like. Like, Hmm? like just imagine being in the room of that guy and he's just talking about all these different things that he wants to bring to the scene. And, you're like okay, but I have to make a character say something. <laughs> I have to write a description here so people can animate things like that that are happening. And and like you know, I'll go lucky. Lucky for us on this one, he he did the the storyboards, like you said. But oh my god, could you imagine uh, this? This well, must I be mean,
1: the director did the storyboards, but having to write the yeah. script for it is something. Yeah, imagine imagine
0: coming from Tenchi Muyo to this thing, Lord. Uh, that's, a, that's a change um, you ready to move on to questions? you got anything else you want to cover uh, before we move on? I feel like I've said it all
1: just one other thing uh, in terms of horror something that's also important to mood a lot is sound mm. design so really a good call out to uh, Toshiki Kameyama, who also worked on Dusk Maiden of Amnesia which is one of my absolute favorite ghost stories in anime uh, Red Garden which is sonically annoying but fittingly so, given its characters, and Tanaka Kun, which is uh, Tanaka Kun, is always restless, which is not horror but has some amazing sound
0: design. I notice there's one. So so, Ink is always I had does to put it such down. good research <laughs> on our the staff for different things. Go ahead, Ink, because I know you're excited to tell tell everybody.
1: That, no no, I want I want to hear someone else excited to tell...
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to be excited to tell anybody, but, but I'll, I'll, I'll try to fake it. So, uh, Kamiyama-san also, uh, did the sound design for Inc.'s favorite, uh, sports anime, Two Car. Uh, so, which apparently, God help us all, we're getting a second season of, I think I saw... I was just joking because
1: uh, oh. I forget, forget which anime I was watching, but it just had a couple of people inside. Oh, covers, God. So. Cause
0: I was, I was, I, I saw, I saw that tweet and I was like, yeah, this is me burying myself deeper in older anime. Like you know, entombing myself like some <laughs> ancient vampire <laughs> in, in older anime, like never to watch a current season thing again. Um, which is not entirely true, but it's, it's more true nowadays than I care to admit. Um, yeah so a a really diverse and, and quite talented uh staff i mean i i think they i think they nailed uh the the atmosphere for sure that they were going for uh if if it's a little messy from a coherency standpoint i would agree
1: and i think it is also i will also agree it's time for questions cool
0: i'm gonna i'm gonna actually ask a question um i'm gonna i'm gonna write in a question right now um what Ooh. is your favorite goth lowly in all of anime. Oh, man, do I know enough? <laughs> that was half the reason I asked. <laughs> 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 to make you like have to think of all the ones you know. Like all maybe three of them.
1: Honestly, this, this one is the one that's always stood out most to me. Um, I can't remember if Shiki, which was done in a very romantic... Gothic style, because um, that also had a very slowly progressing plot. That's very good slow burn. Can't remember the visual style of it that well, except for the weird hair. Um, I, I, well, there's Moonphase. Moon, she she does the goth lowly thing, oh. um, and Dance and the Vampire Boons. Uh... <sighs> no, I got, I gotta say this one. I forget what you, you're at the adjective for the goth lowly, but this is the most memorable mm. one for me.
0: <laughs> okay. So, like, a lot of times goth lowly ends up just being a fashion statement in an anime. You know, it's rarely it's rarely so fully realized as you see in something like this. But my favorite goth mm. lowly in all of anime is goth Loli sama from Shirabako. Absolutely. Um, because not only is she a goth lowly and an animator, she's also a hell of a baseball player uh, who, can crush, who, <laughs> who can crush a baseball and send it flying into the outfield in full goth goth lowly regalia. So she is the queen to me. Always will be. Um, so our actual question is from Pancakes. Uh, hi, Pancakes. What's your first Shinbo show that wasn't Yu Yu show? And why haven't you seen Tenamonia Voyagers? Um, well, that's a... Hell of an attack at eleven fifty four on a Saturday morning. But um, Ink, what was your first uh, non Yuu Hawk Show Shinbo show? Uh it would be
1: this actually. This was the very first uh, Simbo show I saw, and uh, the second was Moonface. Mm, wow. Um. Wow. Cool. Um. I I did not realize at the time he did both. Oh, really? Yeah, because I. I, I Early
0: on, watching anime, I didn't really care about staff. Oh. I was just watching cartoons. Yeah, so. fair. Um, so my first non Yu Yu Hakusho, because Yu Yu Hakusho probably was my first, even accidental, encounter with Shimbo. Like, like this apparently reminded me that he was involved in Yu Yu Hakusho. Actually, um, it was probably Arakawa under the bridge for me. Um, nice. Which I love. God, I love that series so much. It's so random and silly. Um, and such a four panel manga turned into an anime, but done so well um, that that's, uh, yeah, that's probably the first one that I can really remember um, him being a part of.
1: And a shout out to Nozomi, I think, who it was who put out the uh, deluxe sets. For Arakawa under the bridge, those are absolutely lovely. I'm very happy to have both. Ooh,
0: I wish I had one or both, man.
1: So, to the second part of his question, why haven't you watched Tenemonia
0: Voyagers? Is that recent? Because I, I have no idea what that is.
1: Tenemonia, you can follow the link. I'm gonna follow minutes. the link um, right
0: now. I am following the link. It was 1999. Oh, that's pretty recent. <laughs>
1: Yeah, only only twenty years ago.
0: Oh my god. What in the hell is this? <laughs> it
1: looks ridiculous. The the screen the screen cap on uh anime news network just has all these distorted, contorted uh, women oh, in wow. spacesuits. <laughs> oh wow. It's it's kind of ridiculous looking and I kinda wanna this watch It This
0: looks like some good, like Oh, this looks like something Pioneer would put out. Back in the day, um, oh god, yeah, we we might need also, to watch that. It,
1: ha- it has the bonus in the plot summary. I'm not sure if this is a typo on Anime News Network's end or if it was actual copy put out by the uh, whoever distributed it. Uh, but uh, Paraya is an agent for a war organization in the space. And my favorite moment of any convention ever was when Watanabe came over uh, for a panel and he was he literally had flown in from Japan, he was working on this panel for Space Dandy at the time, and the tagline read as he presented Space Dandy for the first time, a dandy guy in the space. Mm. And I, I will forever remember that with the utmost of fondness. So if this actually has a tagline with the space in it, I I'm I'm the, there. I am watching this
0: next the space Yeah. Is yeah, that's space. um that's the further evolved version of Dio's stand uh is Zaspeisu, <laughs> so that should be interesting. Um, yeah, that's a that's a hell of a deep cut. We might have to check that out. Inc. Um, wow, people have lots of feels about Sinbo as he's become he's as he's come to be known in the the wilds of the enemy Ani- anime gamers Discord. Which if you have not joined the any gamers discord yet I, I want to counsel you against throwing away your life uh by not being a part of it <laughs> um because it is always fun uh and i always uh either i'm learning something that i didn't know i didn't want to know or or experiencing <laughs> experiencing uh the chuckles um at the, the wit and humor of of the many residents of our Anna Gamers Discord. So big love to all those folks that keep that community uh, popping and, and and thriving. And uh, yeah, for more interesting discourse on Sinbo, come to the Discord.
1: So Jared, where can they find you on the internet? Barely
0: nowhere anymore, man. Um, so Twitter is probably the best place at Jay Nelson on Twitter. Um, if you follow, wait, Twitter is the best place. I mean, right now, probably so. Like, I don't, I don't want anything to do with Facebook right now, and I pretty much just post food pictures, dog pictures, and random things on Instagram. So, like, I guess you could go there, um, but I post that to Twitter too usually. So just stick with Twitter. Um, if you follow Old Takuno Radio on Twitter, you can find me pretty easily from there. Um, that's pretty much it. Inc is in lots more places. Uh, so, Inc., tell everybody all the places that you're at. Uh,
1: Twitter, Animated Inc., and uh, you can check out otakuusa.magazine.com and fandompost.com for older reviews and columns and features. Uh, you can check out Taiku Podcast, where I'm their official bad sports anime correspondent. And I think that's about it. I'm. Uh, this won't go up. Before the con is over, or it might actually. So, if you're looking for a virtual convention to attend this weekend, supposing we actually get this up on the 30th and 31st, uh, DerpyCon Con is happening, and I'll be presenting both my poetry and anime panel, and my but I hate but I hate sports pa- anime panel. Uh, so yeah, check those out.
0: Yeah, there there is hope that we might even get this one out earlier than that if Jared gets off his ass and edits it pa- and edits it fast enough. So. <laughs> Uh, I'll cross my fingers that I can do it. Um,
1: <laughs> I'll get the whip right.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And, and chains. chains and, and, and the, the curses and crucifixes, <laughs> and it'll be great. Lots of blood. Uh, anyway, uh, go to anagamers.com for show notes and blog posts where comments and discussion are strongly encouraged. We, we love to, to uh, read and respond to your comments on there. Uh, you can also interact with Evan, Inc., David, me, that me being Jared, and Inaki, as well as anybody else in the Anti-Gamers Discord, which you talked about already. Absolutely do that for your mental well-being. It's good for you. Um, if you feel the compulsion, uh, and please feel the compulsion, support us on Patreon.com slash for priority question privileges, as well as access to bonus articles and podcasts, including Old Taku in Space and the Anti-Gamers Book Club, and In, including the very soon to be hitting the Patreon, um, old Taku on a bender where we start talking about avatar, the last airbender and, uh, really looking forward to getting that, uh, getting that going soon. That's actually going to be the next thing we start watching, I guess.
1: Yeah. And there's actually one more new column coming out that we, uh, what we're, what we're doing is, uh, I'm providing via uh, a bunch of blind box stuff that I've gotten through the years. Um, I'm, pr- I'm putting those titles out and we're going to review them no matter what episodes they were, no matter what condition they're in. Uh, Patreon members get to vote on them and they say, okay, uh, or the first three discs uh, that receive the most votes go out to that reviewer and then they review them. It's called the Mystery Box of Misery. And uh, if you become a Patreon member at any level, you're eligible to vote. And even if you're not a Patreon member, you'll be able to read them on the endgame game On the Gamers blog.
0: And there's some quality painful stuff in there too. Having looked at the list of stuff that Inked has out there. Good lord. Um, So to listen to the podcasts. uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Music, Spotify. um, We're everywhere you want to be. Please leave reviews. And help more people find us. Uh, That really means a lot to us. And it really helps us. uh, Get our random uh, babblings about anime titles. Out to more people. Uh, So... I guess that's that's it. Inc. Any other parting shots before we call it a, call it an episode? Happy Halloween, everybody! That's right. Happy Halloween. COVID be damned, and uh, but stay safe and wear a mask and don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. That don't too. be stupid. Uh, yeah. So for Inc. For myself, uh, we will see you uh, next month for another episode of Old Talk New Radio. And don't forget to vote.
1: One,
0: two, three. One, two, three. All right. Awesome, because we were like already having the podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, as normally happens. we had dove, we dove just right in, no hesitation. Oh. If you're ready, me, I me, will. Me, 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 me. Yeah. <laughs> la 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 la.